The talk this evening is on appreciation. There is a way of life, a way of seeing and acting and being towards other people, towards the whole earth, that is based on love, that is based on respect and sensitivity and compassion. A life of appreciation is a life based upon cherishing everything around us because it is unique. And because it is unique, it's also precious and irreplaceable. If we were to look upon each other with appreciation and know that element of appreciation in our relationships, there would be a vast minimizing of suffering and pain in the world. There would also be a vast increase in the degree of serenity, joy, peace that we know within ourselves and within our relationships to each other. If we were to look upon each other with appreciation, with respect and care, there would be an end to really so many of the problems, the conflicts that we experience. There would be an end to oppression, and possessiveness and hostility in our relationships with each other. There would be an end to exploitation and violence in our global relationships. There would be an end to the domination and the greed and the oppression it so frequently characterizes humanity's relationship to nature. None of this can exist if there is appreciation, if there is care, if there is respect. Because to appreciate life, to appreciate each other, does mean to feel a strong sense of connection on the level of the heart does mean to feel a strong level of sharing and oneness in our relationships. And that connection, that feeling of being connected, of sharing on the level of the heart, is surely the basis for any kind of ethical relationship to the world. For surely we can see that ethics are not born of rules and standards and disciplines, but rather that a truly ethical relationship to life, to each other, comes from a place of love within. The exploitation, the oppression that exists in our world, that can exist in our relationship to each other, only exists because we simply do not always appreciate the uniqueness of each moment, the uniqueness of each person, only exists because at times we live in a self-centered way. And in a self-centered way of life, there is always fear. And where there is fear, there is always aggression. A lack of appreciation can only exist as long as we feel overwhelmed by our 
images by our demands, by our judgments upon each other. To live a life of appreciation is the art of seeing anew in each moment. It's seeing with freshness, with depth, with vitality. It means being alive within ourselves. To appreciate life, we need to be alive inwardly, to be sensitive, to be open, to be free of the resistances and the defensiveness which is born of so much fear and anxiety. To see anew in each moment also means being fully conscious, which is being free of preoccupation with superficiality, with surface differences. To see anew in each moment is really the vitality of being totally present, of freeing the mind inwardly, freeing our hearts of the burden of comparisons, of projections and judgments. To be totally present also means that our senses are fully alive. When we see, we see totally. When we listen, we listen totally. When we touch, we touch with our entire being. If we are total in our perceptions and fully receptive to what we perceive, there will spontaneously be a response of love. There will spontaneously be respect and care for one another. There will spontaneously be, in that openness and sensitivity, a true cherishing of the uniqueness and preciousness of each moment, each person, each situation that we are in contact with. It may be rare, it may be rare to experience that depth of appreciation. It may be rare to experience that vitality of being fully present, fully alive. Certainly the conflict that exists in our world and our relationships certainly reveals a lack of appreciation. It may be rare that we can ever truly listen to the sound of a bird, to the sound of a child and all that's expressed in that, in that sound. It may be rare that we can ever truly be sensitive to the touch of the wind on our face. It may be rare that we're ever truly sensitive and aware of the changes that are constantly taking place around us. So often that awareness becomes filtered out. So often our awareness of other people, of the world we live in, all of that simply becomes a background to the noise, the demands, the expectations within our minds. A background which becomes very secondary and because it is secondary, we also become disconnected.
I wonder how often it is that in our meetings with each other, in our meetings with another person, that we are truly able to touch the heart of another person and appreciate their uniqueness, appreciate their joys and sorrows, appreciate their strengths and weaknesses, appreciate them for being the unique expression of life that they are. Appreciate that they too desire to be free from pain, that they too desire to live with respect and care. So often too we lose touch with that ability to truly touch the heart of another because of our anxieties, because of our expectations, because of our images that we bring into relationship. If there is that sensitivity where we can be truly open to another person, where we can truly touch the heart of another person, then there is love. And there's also a sense, a true sense of wonder and a perception of beauty. Because a perception of beauty can never be separated from a loving heart. If there is love in our perceptions, then we are never ever in our lives divorced from a sense of wonder and a sense of beauty. We all experience moments in our lives when there is a deep sense of appreciation. When we feel truly connected, truly at one with things. We experience times in nature when the mind is still, when it's not filled with its wants and its desires to be distracted. And there can be a true sense of communion. We experience, no doubt, times in our lives and our relationships, our communication with other people. And we're able to let go of the fears, the anxieties. And we're able to let go of our images and projections. And in that, have a true sense of touching the heart and being touched by another person. We have moments, too, when we are alone within ourselves when we are free within ourselves of the demands to be different, how we should be, our images of ourselves. And there's acceptance and stillness and appreciation of our own uniqueness as a person. But so often those moments are elusive, pass away. But if we are to live with love, we do need to discover what it means to live a life of appreciation and also to understand what prevents it. Seems that in the busyness of our minds, the busyness of our lives, the complexities that are created within, we have become somewhat separated and also separate ourselves from everything and from everyone around us. We become separated from nature, we become separated from other people. We also become to some degree alienated from our own sense of being. That separation means distance. And distance so often, so frequently, turns into division. 
And that division that is created is a source of conflict, is a source of so much pain. Instead of love and caring, friendliness, we may find instead the growth of fear, defensiveness, suspicion, a lack of communication. There can be a strong sense of I and other, of us and them, and in that distance and separation, the mind accumulates all of its judgments, its conclusions, its images, all of which reinforce separation, all of, it, all of which reinforce the tendency to emphasize not what unifies us as people, not what we share as individuals, but rather to emphasize in our lives what divides. When we are not truly alive, truly awake within ourselves, then the senses too become dulled. We find that instead of really seeing things and being total in that seeing, we find ourselves instead looking at things with our preconceived ideas, with our likes, our dislikes, our judgment. Instead of being able to truly listen, communicate, because communication involves listening, we find ourselves hearing so often throwing concepts, words at one another, unable to really open from the heart, unable to really share what we feel as people. Instead of feeling, being able to truly feel and be connected with our feelings and the feelings of others, we instead may find ourselves becoming preoccupied with experiences, getting the pleasant experience, the gratifying experience, the enhancing or the reinforcing experience. Instead of response to life, and when there is a true inner connection, there is intuition, and there is an intuitive response to life. Instead of that living by that intuitive response, we may find ourselves instead involved in a variety and complexity of choices that arise, weighing up pros and cons, seeking for guarantees in order to avoid failure. And we only become burdened by choice, being for and against, as long as we are out of touch with what is intuitively right and appropriate for us. Decisions are only difficult, tend to be difficult when we work on the level of thought and the level of intellect and on the level of conditioning. And when there's a disconnection between all of that and our own feeling intuitive response. When we are not truly alive or don't have that sense of being alive within ourselves, it's very difficult to touch the heart of another person. It's very difficult to communicate on the, on the level of the heart. How often do we find ourselves in life through familiarity, through a frequency of contact, 
taking people for granted. I wonder how many of us find ourselves taking even those who are very close to us, very near to us, for granted in life. Taking for them for granted, losing sight of their uniqueness, forgetting to appreciate them as an individual. Or we find ourselves accumulating images of people which become fixed in the mind. That such and such a person is like this, or like that, or like this. And of course, as soon as we have an image of another person, as soon as that image becomes fixed in our minds, it also means that we cease to learn from that person because we cease to see them as they are. Instead, what we see is our picture, our thoughts about who they are, which of course doesn't allow for change, doesn't allow for growth. The tendency in our culture, our society, to highlight and emphasize appearances and presentations is truly an expression of being disconnected. And the relationships that are so often formed reflect that confusion. Instead of relationships of sharing, how many relationships simply turn into some kind of arena in which to protect or defend ourselves? And where is the respect, the appreciation, the love in that? It's important to look anew at what it means to live with appreciation, not to place blame outwardly or inwardly, not to make judgments, not to make resolutions to be a different kind of person or to live differently because so often those resolutions are again made on the, simply on the level of the intellect and thought doesn't have that power to bring about inner transformation. Instead of making those resolutions, instead of sticking with blame or judgment, questioning, is it possible for us now to be fully conscious? Is it possible even these days here together to be fully present, to be fully appreciative? Is it possible for us to let go of the past, which only has psychological life, to let go of the images, the conclusions? Is it possible for us to let go of our preoccupation with the future, which is again only on the level of thought. And to be totally conscious, to be fully alive now. It seems to me that a prerequisite, a prerequisite to living with appreciation is discovering within ourselves a sense of innocence. Not naivety or blindness, but the kind of innocence that we see in so many children. The innocence of openness, the innocence of receptivity. Is it possible for us to know within ourselves that kind of innocence of a mind which is unburdened, which is free of the burden of comparisons and projections? 
the innocence that we so often seem to lose in the complexities of our minds is the innocence of discovery, the innocence of learning. Many of us here, of course, have the opportunity to spend time, to share time with children. And in that, discover how much can be learned in that sharing. I know in, with my own daughter, so often it, it become, my mind is so often, so frequently reflected back to me. I see sometimes we make a, a plan, or I, rather I make a plan, some sort of project to do that we're going to go see some ducks down on such and such a river. And we may take five steps out the door and encounter a patch of gravel which becomes suddenly so absolutely absorbing and interesting to her. And I can see on one hand her being so absorbed and delighted in these stones, where I on the other hand can be stuck in my mind of, oh, we're never going to make it to the ducks. And so she sees it doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter. The plans and the ideas and the projects, the projections, so often make it very difficult to be in touch with what is now. And in seeing, being with young children, really questions what is that quality, that quality of innocence that makes it possible to have such a fullness of perception? What is that quality within ourselves that makes it possible to experience such a sense of, of joy and openness, sensitivity to what each moment brings to us, rather than seeking for what we want from each moment. Seems to me that one quality which allows for fullness of perception is being free of fixed labels, standards, judgments, and preconceived ideas. Seems to me that we often carry this burden of labels and standards within our mind, this burden of what is significant and what is insignificant, what is superficial and what is, what is meaningful, what is deep and what is worthless. And so often those labels and those standards do more, no more than bring a filtering element to our perception of what is. And so often we can't even see what is because we dismiss it, because we see it from the standpoint of our standards. We can't appreciate what is when we see it only in the context of what was. And our standards and our fixed judgments and labels do lead us to live just on the surface of existence. Our images and our standards and our labels so often lead us to have a relationship to life which is static and stagnant. We do need to appreciate that there is no person, no situation that is exactly the same today as there were yesterday. There's no person, no situation who is exactly the same in this moment as they were in the last moment. It is the mind which remains static. It is the mind which remains stagnant in its own conclusions. Those conclusions which blind us to appreciating the changes that are ever unfolding around us. 
the standards that make it so difficult for us just to be with what is. A life of appreciation is a life of seeing and cherishing the uniqueness of each moment and respecting that and caring for that. A life of appreciation is a life of sensitivity. And surely we must see that to be truly sensitive, to be truly open in life, we also need to be attentive. To be connected, we need to be attuned to what is, rather than our ideas, our images. By attention, I don't mean a kind of exclusivity of attention or forcing or a kind of limited kind of concentration, but rather the attention of being totally present, the attention of being fully conscious of what each moment brings to us. When there is that kind of attention, there are no images and there are no filtering elements. We have experienced moments in our lives when there has been that total kind of attention, that openness and total focusing on something. And in that, when the mind is truly attentive, there is silence within. When we are totally attentive, there is silence. There's no manufacturing of images. There's no manufacturing of judgments. There's no manufacturing of labels. All of that tends to come when we cease to feel that true sense of connection. And yet it's obvious that we can't make the mind still. Inner stillness is a priceless gift in life. But we, it don't mean quietness or the blanked out mind or the dull mind, but a kind of total awareness within ourselves where there is silence. If we can't will ourselves to be silent, we can't make ourselves be still. For there to be stillness inwardly, we must cease to feed energy into the noise. To be silent, to be fully attentive, obviously a prerequisite to that is interest. If you're interested in something, it's not at all difficult to be attentive. If you're interested in something, it's not at all difficult to be totally focused. To have that sense of interest, that attention to being with what is, does mean a substantial amount of letting go. Letting go of our desires to be with something else. Letting go of our desires to be elsewhere. Letting go of our judgments that this is not deep enough or this is not meaningful enough. Letting go of the kind of resistances to simply being. It obviously takes a great deal of energy to be attentive. It takes experience in your meditation how much energy it takes to really be attentive 
And sometimes people feel that they just don't have that much energy or relate to energy as some form of limited commodity that has to be conserved. But I wonder if we question why it is at times that we feel tired, why it is at times that we feel to have so little energy. Because surely we realize that it's only a short step from feeling tired and dull to also feeling indifferent and apathetic. It's not being attentive that consumes energy. Rather, it is being inattentive that consumes energy. It's, it's giving emphasis to all the, the noise, the activity within the mind that consumes energy. It's fragmentation in our life that consumes energy. It's the endeavor to try and live in past, present, present, and future all at one time that consumes energy. It's resistances that consume energy. That this is what is is not good enough, or not, or, or not what I want, or not what I should, what should be. All of that consumes energy. To really feel a clear sense of energy in our lives, from which comes attention, from which comes sensitivity, there needs to be a kind of inner dedication and surrender to being with what is. In this moment, being with what each moment brings to us, that doesn't mean that we never have a thought of the future. It doesn't mean that we never have a thought of the past. It doesn't mean that we never make a plan or have a memory. Because obviously all of that arises in the mind and the present. It doesn't mean being quiet or being dull, but it means being conscious of what is taking place. It means being fully attuned and connected to what is taking place. I wonder if we can see the, the significance, appreciate the significance of sensitivity of appreciation, of attentiveness in our lives? Can we see the significance of it in our relationships? To have relationships where there is appreciation means also that we have relationships of freedom. And relationships of freedom are certainly relationships which are free from the motives of, of need and demand. Relationships of freedom are Relationships of love and respect and care. Relationships of freedom are relationships where we don't have those expectations that other people should conform to who we want them to be. Relationships of freedom are where we have the confidence and the space to give another person the space to be who they are. If we can appreciate the uniqueness of each person, there will be no highlighting of differences, no highlighting of appearances and presentations, but rather a deep appreciation of what we share, a deep appreciation that each person we meet, each person that we encounter in life, shares with us the desire to be free from pain and fear, 
shares with us the desire to be loved and cared for. And in that sharing, we can see that some of the people that we meet in our lives on a fundamental level are no other than ourselves in a different form, in a different expression. And if we can see that, there is acceptance. There is a total acceptance that can see through superficiality, that can see through surface differences. And it is that acceptance that does allow for communication. A communication, I don't necessarily mean the ability to be articulate, the ability necessarily to be verbal or express ourselves with words, but the communication on the level of the heart in which we touch another person and are touched. A communication in which there's a giving of love and respect spontaneously and freely because we recognize and acknowledge that what we give is also what we seek for, and that it is the giving that brings it. And there is that communication, that openness with life. There can also be compassion. Compassion isn't born out of the mind that thinks that we should feel sorry for others or do something for other people. Compassion is born of the heart out of connection. Compassion is a willingness and the courage to extend ourselves to others, to take risks in our relationship, to be, take risks through our openness, through sharing, through giving in our relationships. Compassion is born of the freedom from resistances and barriers from which so much fear comes. When there is that compassion, that acceptance in life, it is then that there can be a relationship of responsibility. Because it's only on a deeper level within us that we really realize and acknowledge our relationship to the world. That with our thoughts, with our speech, with our actions, with our inaction, we make an impact upon the world and influence it. And it's when we acknowledge that, that we can take responsibility for our actions, our speech and our thoughts the responsibility of understanding within ourselves, freeing ourselves from our own conflicts, confusions, so that our relationship to life can be one which is free from violence and exploitation, that our relationship to life can be one of love and care, of respect and sensitivity. It's often difficult for us to truly appreciate life because we become so busy in trying to modify things, trying to change things, trying to make them different than they are. Trying to make things and other people into how we think they should be. 
It's when we can drop that busyness, our expectations, our shorts and our cords, that we can allow ourselves to be, to be with what is, so that when we listen, we do listen totally. And when we see, we do see totally. And when we touch, we do touch totally. And meditation is not concerned with how many breaths you can follow in a row or how long you can sit without moving. Meditation is concerned with establishing that connection within ourselves from the heart with the world, with ourselves. So that when we sit, we just sit. When we walk, we just walk without the motive to get somewhere, without the motive of changing into something different, without the motive of achieving something, but simply to be with what is. And discovering in that a depth of appreciation. Discovering that in that a way of life, a way of seeing, a way of acting towards other people, towards the whole earth, towards ourselves that is based on love, that is based on respect and sensitivity and compassion, discovering a life of appreciation where there is a cherishing of everything around us because it is unique. And because it is unique, it's also precious and irreplaceable. Meditation on a deeper level is concerned with that connection, is concerned with love, with understanding, and with appreciation. May all beings live with sensitivity. May all beings live with love. May all beings live with appreciation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.